You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we have Matt DiCarlo, who has been the stage manager for Broadway shows like Beetlejuice, The Play That Goes Wrong, The Color Purple, Rock of Ages, and Honeymoon in Vegas. He has also been on the directing team for The Play That Goes Wrong, The Color Purple, Rock of Ages. He recently spent a few weeks in Seoul as the restaging director for the South Korean production of Beetlejuice. Matt is now working as the resident director for Moulin Rouge as Broadway reopens. I followed Matt on Instagram for a while, fascinated with his career, and I'm so excited for him to be joining me today. Hi, Matt. Hi there. How are you? I am great. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, so how did you get started on Broadway as a PSM resident director and associate director? <laughs> um, that is a good question. I um, uh, My first Broadway show uh, was in 2009. It was Rock of Ages. I, uh, I started with Rock of Ages actually when it was off-Broadway. I was the production assistant uh, for its off-Broadway run at New World Stages. That was in the fall of 2008. And when the show transferred to Broadway, I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to stay with the show uh, and became the assistant stage manager. And I was with Rock of Ages for years. I um, I was the assistant stage manager for a period of time. Then I was the first assistant stage manager for a while. And then I took over as the PSM in 2011. And um, I stayed for another couple years there. Uh, while I was working at Rock of Ages, I was also fortunate enough to restage the show for uh, a national tour. And uh, Rock of Ages, it was just the greatest gift to me. It uh, changed my life in ways I can't, uh, I can't describe. Awesome. Um, first, I would like to focus on the stage manager side of your career. Um, so as a production stage manager and working on productions as an assistant stage manager, what are your different duties that all of those house? Such a great question. Um, shows have different numbers of stage managers on their teams based on the size of the show. And, uh, you know, w whether you're the uh, 
production stage manager, the PSM, the stage manager, the SM or the ASM, the assistant stage manager, um, those duties sort of fluctuate and change based on the, the needs of the show and the uh, the size of the team. Having been fortunate enough to be on several shows that ran for quite a while, um, you know, I, I, I've really sort of seen the way that different teams can function. Um, one sort of misconception about Broadway is that the production stage manager is the only one that calls the show, meaning the person who calls the cues uh, executes the sort of um, the mission control of the show. And uh, often what happens is that the production stage manager is the one who, um, you know, creates that that sort of that that book creates that call script and calls the show through tech and previews and um, early performances. Once the show is up and running, uh, the rest of the team also learns to call so that people can rotate in and out of the call. And the same person is not calling eight shows a week. You know, in a, in a sort of more basic way uh, to break it down, during rehearsal, the um, the stage manager and the assistant stage manager are dealing with all of the. Um, intricate details and inner workings of the way the show is going to work, props tracking, uh, costume change timing, entrances and exits, um, doing lots of paperwork, prepping to move to the theater. The production stage manager is spending a lot of time with the director and learning the show um, from the director's sort of perspective, keeping track of the sort of larger technical elements, working on the schedule, doing lots of sort of... um, streamlining of communication and organization um the uh the the psm is also is often charged with sort of looking at the macro um but understanding all of the micro while the stage manager and the assistant stage managers can really get in there and be in the weeds in the in the sort of micro all the nitty-gritty details of the way the show works um that is often what the asms are working on early on um so with calling the show and creating that prompt book to then call the show, um, what tips do you have for people to stay organized during a production? And I know I was worried about that when I did stage managing for the first time. It's Yes, I, um, I, I am a huge list person. I write everything down and I really believe in writing it down. I am like an old fashioned notebook and pen person. I am just now starting to like be bold and use my like Apple pencil and my iPad to write things down. But I'm a firm believer in writing things down, keeping track. I have like a huge to-do list that I rewrite every morning. Um, I also think that you've got to find the way for you yourself to stay organized and understand all of the information so that you can then help everybody else do that. And Sometimes that means coming up with a system that works for you, finding the way to sort of create a chart or a piece of paperwork that works for you. Uh, Working on a show uh, as big as Beetlejuice, for example, there were so many technical elements and design components that went into making every moment in the show that I really had to find the way to, when we were building the show the first time and I was sitting in the PSM's chair, I had to find the way to make sure that I knew exactly what the I's we had to dot and the T's we had to cross were at every turn to make sure that I was um, meeting everybody's needs and at the end of the day, um, serving the show, which is always the most important thing you have to do um, when you're sort of driving the car in in that way as the PSM. That's awesome. Um, 
So you recently joined Moulin Rouge as the uh, resident director, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're joining these shows and just becoming a pro- part of that process, what do you prepare to make sure you're ready for that? That is a great question. This is actually the first time I'm joining a show uh, that I haven't been with since since you know since it was in rehearsal in the beginning. Um, the team at Moulin Rouge is amazing. The worldwide supervising associate director Ashley Rodbro um, has been so incredible at sharing information and giving me the tools I need to learn the show as much as I can um, remotely. Um, and of course, I have a longstanding relationship with Alex Timbers, who also who directs Moulin Rouge, but also directed Beetlejuice and a couple other project I've worked on. So it's been useful to sort of hear him talk about the show. And I understand his language as a theater maker and as a director. And so I've been fortunate uh, to have that relationship already. Also, the production stage manager at Moulin Rouge, Michael Passaro, was able to share Uh, some tracking and paperwork and a lot of information, institutional knowledge about the show. So I've done as much as I can to sort of learn the show and study the show. And um, I think I'm lucky that uh, I'll get a a rehearsal process as we relaunch the Broadway show. um, And I'll be able to sort of be back in the rehearsal studio with the cast, with Alex, with Sonia Taya, with everybody who sort of created the show. And that's going to give me a real foundation for helping be part of the team that is going to maintain the show moving forward. How far out are we from rehearsals starting back for Broadway? We are days, weeks, depending on the show. Everybody is now just getting started again. Um, Moulin Rouge is about to dive back into the studio, and our first performance back on Broadway is September 24th. That's so exciting. Yes, I can't wait. Um, What's the tone in New York? I know it's exciting. Everybody wants to get back to the studio, but what's, is there like a hesitation because of all the Delta variants and all that, but is everybody ready to get back? I think everybody is, uh, you know, I think I I can't speak for everybody, but I think a lot of people are really excited to get started again. And a lot of people, of course, are excited to go back to work. I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined that it would be over a year and a half of no live theater. I, I just can't believe it. And Sure, I think there's concern about COVID and the Delta variant and um, what that could potentially do to the return of theater, to like the great second act that's coming. Um, I think, too, there's um, there's a lot of emotional work that we're all going to have to do uh, to sort of step back into the industry and back into the business. It's a, it is um, emotional to come back to rehearsal and to be in a studio with people again, telling a story and working and creating art and, uh, you know, being back with an audience. I had, I had a sort of interesting experience being in Korea because I'm a little bit, um, you know, I've been through the process once already. So emotionally and mentally, uh, I sort of had some of those huge awakening and reawakening moments while I was over there. But I do think collectively as an, as an industry, uh, the Broadway community is, is it, we, you know, we have a lot of work to do on ourselves and on each other and that it's going to be a, quite a ride for us all to come back. I, I personally am excited for it, but I also I have the same fears and concerns everybody else does. Um, I'll get back to the resident director questions, but I want to know, were there any restrictions and what was the run like for you during Beetlejuice in South Korea? Um, there, there were restrictions 
South Korea um, has a has a has a real handle on coronavirus. And uh, when I got over there uh, myself and the choreographer of Beetlejuice, Connor Gallagher, and uh, Chris Kugel, our music director, we were the first three to get there. We had to quarantine in a hotel room for two weeks before we could sort of enter the city at all. Uh, and people wear masks almost everywhere, unless you're in a restaurant or a bar, you know, people really mask up. And in rehearsal, we wore masks most of the time until it was time to do run-throughs and the actors took them off. Uh, and of course, in the theater, the actors don't wear masks, but we did. And um, there are there are also sort of citywide rules about the amount of people that can gather in public, curfew times, times places can have to close by. There's all sorts of rules and um, cases are going up a little bit there. So um, they're they're nearing the end of the, of the first run of Beetlejuice in Korea now when they've had to limit the capacity more than they already had to in the audience. And the performance times had to go earlier to make sure people were home by the time the curfew ended. So, you know, COVID is very much uh, present there, but it had never shut the industry down there like it did here. They found a way to keep it moving. And that was uh, incredibly exciting to be a part of. And Beetlejuice is one of the first new shows to open in Korea since the pandemic. And that was really exciting. It was also the first time we've done the show anywhere but here. And it was just, it was an incredible experience to be recreating Alex Timber's direction in Korea with the show in another language, which brought, you know, inherent changes and challenges. And um, the company, the cast is just remarkable over there. They're incredible. It, uh, I'm, I, I I hear Korean audiences are loving the show and that's so exciting. I'm so glad that this group of performers is able to to do the show despite the pandemic because I think that they are uh, there are some really incredible performances in the show. Yeah, and I've seen some of the production photos and they look absolutely beautiful. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, but back on track with um, resident director questions. So as the resident director for Moulin Rouge, what will your duties be during the run of the show and rehearsal process? Yeah. Um, During the rehearsal process, because I'm the new kid in town, I'll be learning the show and soaking in as much as I can, supporting Alex and Ashley and the team. Uh, Once we are up and running, I will uh, rehearse understudies. I will um, note the show uh, several times a week and make sure that um, the show that we're doing at the Hirschfeld um, every night is as um, nuanced, polished, and... uh, 
incredible as it is on, you know, as it is on opening when we reopen, as it was when it opened last year. Um, I will um, be Alex, Alex's representative at the theater um, on a on a sort of full time basis, which is really exciting. And uh, when it comes time for the national tour, I'll work with uh, the rest of the directing team to sort of put the tour up on the road, and I'll um, I'll help take care of that production as well. And you mentioned with Beetlejuice in Seoul, the language change. Yeah. So how did you approach that being from the U.S. translating it to Korean, but also having a U.S. director? To direct that, yes, it was it was amazing. I have um, I had the most incredible translator. Her name was Injung, and she was with me right by my side all day, every day. And uh, she was able to, uh, in the most remarkable way, like listen to me and speak in Korean at the same time. So it was like my voice was just being dubbed over as I spoke. Uh, the translation was done by an incredible woman named Subin. She uh, took the lines and lyrics, translated them into Korean. Of course, nothing is a direct translation, so it's a little bit like you're working on a new work when you're trying to navigate some of that um, and find, you know, find the way to recreate the show when nothing is structured quite exactly the same way. Um, but it's amazing how as the weeks went on, the, the, the challenge of the language difference started to peel away and you sort of eventually forget that we, I don't speak the same language, you know, I... I would have conversations with the actors and some of them spoke a little bit of English so we could say a little bit to each other or eventually I would just be talking and sort of forget that Injung was translating for me because we got so used to sort of talking to each other in that way. And it was one of the things that I was most curious heading over there about how it would be. And by the end of it, I remember looking at Connor one night during the show and I said, I always forget that we're watching this in Korean. Like I just became so used to the language and um, forgetting that I was one of the only people who didn't speak it in the room. That's remarkable. Um, so being a part of so many careers on Broadway, what do you wish people knew about either your careers or just Broadway in general? Um, I would say there there is so much there besides what you see when you go see a Broadway show. And there are hundreds and hundreds of jobs that happen behind the scenes. And by behind the scenes, I don't just mean at the theater. I mean that there are tons of administrators and artists and technicians and um, strategize, you know, strategizers who do strategists, I should say. Strategizers is not a word. Um, strategists who do tons of work to make Broadway happen. There is really a job for anyone who thinks they might want to work on Broadway. There is probably a job that might be the right fit for you. And it's not always there on the surface when you go see a Broadway show, but it literally takes a village. And um, I, I wish that more people knew and understood that earlier on, because I think that more people might be interested in a career in show business if they knew that. Yeah. Um, so what was your education path to where you are now? I uh, studied, I went to um, uh, Rutgers University uh, in New Jersey. I got a BFA in theater production and management there, focused on stage management and also directing. Um, and I, uh, before that, I just went to high school in New Jersey and did my school plays and musicals. I went to theater camp in the summer, um, but I stopped my schooling after getting my BFA. Uh, I did not go to grad school. I wanted to hit the ground running. It was really important for me 
personally to just get to work. I was desperate to move to New York. I was desperate to try to start to forge a path into the industry. No one's ever quite sure how to do that. I certainly wasn't, but I was really excited to start. So uh, I graduated in May of 2007 and moved to the city in July. Um. So do you think that education played a more important part than your experience, or do you think your experience was the reason that you're now working on so many iconic Broadway shows? Um, I, I think that my education gave me a great foundation and certainly honed some of the skills, uh, the hard skills that I, I might not have honed had I not gone through a conservatory theater program for four years. It certainly gave me discipline. It certainly taught me a lot. As mu- It taught me as much of how I don't want to do the job as it did about how to do it and how I wanted to do it. Um, I... I certainly think experience is everything. I think that there is so much that we can only learn by practicing and there's only so much that you can get in an educational setting, even when you're doing shows at your school. So, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for my years at Rutgers, but I, I, I think that, you know, the most formative part of my sort of early, uh, early sort of, uh, dipping my toes into the professional world is where I learned the most, the fastest, because I was forced to, because all of a sudden I was in the workforce and anything I didn't know, I wanted to learn as quickly as possible. And I was able to do that because I was immersed in it all the time. Yeah. Um. So you've obviously been busy recently preparing for the return of theater or already returning to theater. But before that, how are you spending your time in quarantine? Such a good question. I, in the beginning, I did everything everybody else was doing. I was like really finding projects around the house to do, doing lots of cooking in the kitchen, puzzles, uh, reading books, like checking off the list of TV shows and movies I didn't, you know, I didn't get to ever watch that I wanted to watch, going on lots of walks and staying six feet away from people, you know, doing all those sort of like pandemic things we all did. Uh, As the months went on, uh, my fiance, uh, Joey, and I decided to move uh, out of Manhattan. We live in South Orange, New Jersey now. We did that during the pandemic. Um, And I have spent a lot of time focusing on trying to keep invested in why I love to do what we do. So though I couldn't necessarily be making theater for a lot of the pandemic. I wanted to remember how how much I loved making it and why I loved making it. So I read a lot of books, watched a lot of documentaries, listened to a lot of cast albums, you know, sort of kept myself immersed in the art for a couple hours a day or a week to just really stay focused on it. Election time, um, I was very involved with Broadway for Biden and trying to make sure that I did my part to see the change in the country that I wanted to see. I um, have been involved with a nonprofit called Claim Our Space Now, um, which is uh, to uplift um, Black voices and save Black lives. And that is another um, another part of, I think, what we've all sort of been um, addressing as a country, as an industry, as a world during the pandemic. And it became something that was really important to me. Um, and then right before going to Korea, uh, I got engaged. So uh, I did that during the pandemic, too. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, so you were talking about those documentaries and books. Do you have any suggestions for people wanting to stay connected to theater right now? Um, yes. Uh, if you have not watched the documentary Show Business, it's such a great one. 
Um, there's also a several part Broadway documentary that aired on PBS years ago that I loved and rewatched during the pandemic. Um, books. Oh gosh, there are so many. I just read, um, Harold Prince. I reread, I should say Harold Prince's book, a sense of occasion, um, take you wherever you go, which is Kenny Leon's memoir is great. Uh, mainly on directing by Arthur Lawrence is really interesting. Um, Sondheim and Co. is really interesting. There are so many. I've read so many books like that during the pandemic because I'm just, I'm such a musical theater nerd. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to add or say before we start to wrap up the episode? Uh, I I will just say, I think uh, your podcast is so great. I wish that things like the Broadway Podcast Network were around when I was a uh, young theater kid, because I think I would have just ate it up. But to um, to you and to everybody who's listening to what you're doing, I think that you are the future of this uh, of this industry and you are um, you are what's to come. So thank you for um, for your passion. Thank you for saying that. And thank you so much for being here today. We should do it again soon. Yes, please. Have a great one. You too. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.